0: This is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is PSG Small Talk, a Champions League edition for Tuesday, November 6, 2018. It's Election Day in America, and before this day, we thought that this would be the deciding game in PSG's Champions League season. It ended up not being, and that was mainly because Liverpool lost on the road to Red Star Belgrade 2-0. I mean, Liverpool were terrible in that game. So, it ended up having Liverpool on six, Red Star on four, PSG on four, and Napoli on five. So, the winner of this game, if a team won this game, would have taken sole possession of first place in the Champions League group stage. But what that um, loss by Liverpool did was it made this game much less of a must-win for Paris saint germain They still needed to draw it. They absolutely needed to draw that game psychologically, even probably more than mathematically, because if they had lost that game and then beaten Liverpool and then beaten Red Star, they still would get through. But I'd say this ex- getting this extra point and drawing psychologically helps, because, quite frankly, I thought PSG played very well for the circumstances. They could not allow... This game to get away from them early. They couldn't allow Napoli to get into a rhythm and just ping the ball around and force everyone to run around. So they went to a back three. They played Tilo Kerr, which was really interesting. They didn't go with Kimpembe, I guess, because he hadn't really played in a while. But I I thought he did all right. He had one really bad tackle that got him a yellow card, and I was a little bit nervous to keep him in there in the second half, but Tuchel stayed with him, and uh, Kara played pretty well, and I thought that back three, for the most part, held back Napoli in that first half, and it closed off the space. It allowed the wing players to get a little bit wider to defend the crosses. They didn't have sort of the wide-open sort of crossing ability that they had in the first meeting between the two teams, and PSG slowly sort of patiently built up the game. Tuchel's very different from Emery in that PSG under Emery was very much about quick counterattacking in these Champions League games, but they never had sort of the defensive backbone to sort of back up what they were trying to do with that. In this case, I think that defensively in the first half, they were so solid, there were moments where they were shaky. Marquinhos was out of position a couple of times. Uh, Bernat was out of position a couple of times, but that's to be expected. But they, they defended well, and they played the type of half that they needed to play. They took their opportunity, they got a good pass from Neymar to Kylian Mbappe on the wing, Mbappe cuts it back for Bernard, who almost falls over himself, but scores the goal in the 46th minute in stoppage time to give PSG the 1-0 lead, which was crucial because you did not want to go into that half 0-0 knowing that Napoli were going to come out for you in the second half. But solid decisions, I think, from Tuchel in the starting lineup. I liked what he put out there. Draxler made a difference in that Draxler is just a better passer than Adrian Rabiot. Like, that, that, to me, is sort of the difference maker in this case. Draxler, to me, he's not as physical of a defensive presence when he's, you know, when Rabio's Rabio, he's a very good, strong defensive presence physically, but he's rarely that. More times than not, he's losing the ball, he's jogging back. You didn't have that problem with Julian Draxler. He gave you an effort. And him and Verratti together seemed to work. And it allowed Neymar to come back and get the ball. Neymar was really good in that first half. I I would say it was one of his better first halves of a big game that he's had with Paris Saint-Germain. The second half, not so much. We'll get to that. But you can't sort of... I don't think you can complain about how PSG approached that game in the first half. And you got... Good runs from Mbappe, and I think it showed that you didn't really need Cavani in this game because what having Killian Mbappe as your nine or your false nine, I kind of think he was more of a false nine in this situation. He could work on all three win- he could work in all three sides of the field, he could work right, left, and middle, he could make runs off the shoulder. It gave him freedom to do more because Cavani's going to sit in that middle and he's going to look to make runs through the middle as opposed to sort of runs off the side, which would kind of force Neymar and Mbappe wide, which is actually what kind of happened late in the game when they brought Edinson Cavani on, which was that Cavani sort of didn't really want to get in anybody's way, so he wasn't particularly that effective. Um, I would say Munier had a rough game. Uh, Munier was... Uh, reluctant to cross, I think would be the best way to put it. Uh, he wasn't aggressive. He was sort of just getting the ball on the wing and not really trying to run at anybody, just sort of passing back and in. Um, Juan Bernat got the goal. He He's going to not be great defensively. He's just not going to be great defensively. But he gives you something offensively, and I thought he was fairly good. In that role that he was in. Angel Di Maria had a very Angel Di Maria game. He didn't really do much. And that's not why he's out there. He's not out there to do a lot. He's out there to score the critical goal and the ball gets to him in the right opportunity. That opportunity never came. So we go into the half and I'm thinking it's going to be a rough first 15 minutes. Because Napoli at that point had to throw the bodies forward and had to be aggressive and had to try to attack. Because if you get down in the seven if you're down one-nil in the 70th minute or the 75th minute, eventually your legs start to get tired. And it was clear that Napoli's legs got tired as the game went on. So essentially they had to do what Croatia did in the World Cup final, which is throw everything you have for those first 15-20 minutes. And if you don't get it, you're probably going to lose. And I think what would have happened if PSG had held on was that eventually Napoli would have tired and PSG would have been able to pick them off on the counter and they probably could have won this game 2-0 or 3-1. That was very much in play the way it was going, yes. In the second half, PSG escaped a lot of near near goal scoring opportunities. There was some great saves by Jean-Luigi Buffon. There were some great clearances by Silva, Marquinhos, and Kerr. And for 15 minutes, they were under siege and they suffered. But they almost got there. They almost got to the end. And it just, as I've said before, here it is. One more time, Thiago Silva. Big moment, 61st, 60, 62nd 60 minute. Just a simple ball into the box. Marquinhos has the has Callejon covered. Ball's not getting to Callejon, who's offside, by the way. So, in this case, yes. Was Callejon offside? Yes. Let's just get that out of the way. And I'll talk about the ref in a minute, because... I really don't want to talk about the ref, but we'll we'll, we'll address it. Um, So all he has to do is knock the ball down and kick it the other way. That's all he has to do. He doesn't have to really do anything that special. And this is sort of the problem. And it's the one glaring negative that you can change players, you can change the midfield, you can put new tactics in, but in the end, they are going to make this mistake, and specifically your back line, and for some odd reason, specifically Thiago Silva, or specifically Marquinhos, whatever. Pick a name. But here we go. He make he whiffs on it. Cajon gets in the box. Buffon tries to punch it away. He misses. He may get a piece of it, but he misses. Bumps into Cajon, They all fall down. Ref calls a penalty, and I kind of think it was. It, w- it 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 was. I think a penalty. I'm gonna try to take myself out of my bias and look at it, and it was close to a penalty. It could have been, you know, probably eight times out of ten gets called. And it was called. Insigne buries it, and it's 1-1. But, positives, PSG didn't fold. PSG didn't allow an immediate second goal. They held firm. They didn't panic. They, they were good enough in the midfield. And that's my point, too, because I want to just double back for a second. They were good enough in the midfield in this game. They were fine. They had enough possession. They probably led the game in possession. They were fine in the midfield. They weren't overrun. Part of that was the three at the back gave them a little more confidence to go forward and to make you know and to make passes in their own end. but still, midfield wasn't a problem here. Can't blame the midfield. We can look to what it always is. and the key Achilles heel defending. In critical moments under pressure. But, as I said, they held firm. They didn't give up anymore. Napoli began to tire. Uh, I think uh, Mertens got hurt in like the 80th minute. Um, PSG took the majority of the possession. Really couldn't get that many great chances. There was a probable penalty that the referee in this case, the uh, Dutch referee, did not call. Juan Bernat ran down the left side, got to the box, tried to cut back to the right. He was in the box. Hamchick sticks his leg out, clips Bernat's left leg. Bernat goes down. Ref immediately waves it off. And at that point, I think PSG were just apoplectic. And luckily, their sort of yelling at the referee act didn't cost them another two points in this game. Or cost them the point. So about the officiating. I don't care. Look. If you think in your heart that PSG are going to get fair, unbiased officiating out of UEFA when they are pro- they are locked in a prolonged financial fair play deal which at this point PSG has now brought to the CAS, to the something arbitration of sports, the the oversight committee for, you know, where Milan brought their financial fair play case. Think about it. Really think about it. Now, I'm not going to be Mr. Conspiracy and say that the referee was told before the match to not give PSG any important calls. Because then you just sound like a looney tune, and no one's gonna listen to you. No one's gonna buy it. Whatever, it's not worth the time. You have to overcome it. You can't keep blaming the refs because it's already baked in the cake. It's election day in in um it's election day in America. of the population is voting for Donald Trump and voting for Republicans. It's baked into the cake. It ain't changing. That 40% is going to be that 40%. You got to work around it. Can't change that number. That number is rock solid. And not to talk about politics, but it just makes a point that some things just are what they are. You can't change them. You can't appeal to people. It's just how it is. And when they get VAR and that same thing happens again, they probably won't use it. And they'll just act like nothing happened. So, do we bitch and complain about it and show constant videos and act like we're some sort of poor, put-upon, prosecuted team? No. Because in the end, all Tiago Silva has to do is clear the damn ball. That's all he has to do. And I'm talking really close to the to the microphone right now so that you all understand that. Yes, did the referee make a mistake? And I'm using quotation marks. Yes, he did. He made a mistake. But all Tiago Silva has to do is clear the ball like a normal defender and not whiff on it like a spaz. And PSG survived that scare They wear Napoli down, and they probably win the game. Probably, because maybe they would have made another defensive mistake. I don't know, but it would be a possibility. But we won't know that, because that reality is not a real reality. That's fantasy world. The reality is, Thiago Silva screwed up. He's the captain. He had a lot of great plays in this game. He was very good in this game. But I just have to emphasize that. This is the captain making the mistake in the critical moment that could cost PSG a trip to the round of 16. Now, pull back from that. Let's talk about another Brazilian. I did not particularly think that Neymar had a good second half. And... I know more than anybody that his game is running at people. And I think he did a good job of that. He did a good job of drawing fouls. He did a good job of trying to be aggressive and to initiate something. But if you watch the first half and then you watch the second half, second half Neymar was not as effective as first half Neymar. Because first half Neymar passed the ball. He was looking for runners. He was trying to get it into midfield. He was trying to find space, and he was trying to unlock the defense over the top, which is how they got their goal. Neymar in the second half, when it got tied and when it became pressure time, he went into Neymar-Michael Jordan killer mode, where It's get the ball and run at people, try to draw fouls, try to beat people with your skill, which works a lot of the time, but it doesn't necessarily work against a good defense that's compact, that's playing off, and is not allowing you to get into good spaces. They let him into spaces, but they didn't let him into good spaces. And I thought it would have been better if Neymar stayed with what he did in the first half, that PSG didn't panic a little and try to be ultra-aggressive and just look to unlock them, look to make runs, keep your keep your game plan and keep your structure. That being said, I still think he played well. I still think Mbappe played well at times. And when they brought in Edinson Cavani, I thought that Well, first they brought Kimpembe on and put Kerr at right back, which actually kind of worked a little bit, because Munye was just giving you nothing. Kerr was at least trying to make runs and get the ball into the box. Like, Kerr was giving you something from that right side. They brought on Cavani, who just, again, he just looks like a fish out of water. Like, he just doesn't know what to do. And it's frustrating, because he's one of the great strikers of his generation. This guy's scored 100 goals for Napoli. Scored over 150 goals for Paris Saint-Germain. That's, you just you you feel bad for the dude because you know he's working hard. You know he wants to be successful, but it just seems like he's just not part of this. And he comes on and he really doesn't do anything. He doesn't give you an impact. Because again, this team is all about possession, it's all about linking up passes, and that's not really Cavani's game. Cavani needs to have the ball serviced into him, and he needs to be able to be physical in the box and use his runs, and he's just not getting that opportunity. They bring in Chopo moting towards the end as a body in the box in case the ball got in so that he could maybe head a ball in, that was pretty much a desperation switch, um Napoli settled for the tie I think by the end PSG I think will take it. Um they went into they went on the road to a top European club. I consider Napoli a top 20 European club and they got a draw. So that's positive. They didn't lose. And there's still only one point back of Liverpool and Napoli. Liverpool's on six, Napoli's on six, PSG's on five, Red Star's on four. Now, are you concerned playing Liverpool at home that you can't get a win there? Um, Not the way Liverpool are currently playing. Liverpool seem to be a bit uh, not great. So, PSG, if they beat Liverpool at home then they would have to at least get a result out of the Red Star game. If they draw it, they're in. And the fact of the matter is, Red Star has not lost at home in this Champions League. They drew Napoli and then they just beat Liverpool. So it's not an easy, it's not easy to go there and win. It's a pretty difficult situation. PSG have put themselves, because of giving up that late goal to uh, Roberto Firmino in, in Anfield, And because they couldn't hold Napoli at their own place, PSG put themselves in a difficult situation. It's not impossible, but now it's we kick the can another week. We punt the ball to fight another day. And at some point, they're going to have a game against Monaco on Sunday. They're going to have a week off. They're going to play Toulouse, I think, on Friday. The Friday after American Thanksgiving, or the, or the, I think it. Let's just check that for a minute, just so I, I kind of know. Because I know Monaco is this Sunday. Um, Let's get the calendar out. Um, Yep, it'll be Saturday morning after Thanksgiving, and then on the 28th, which is Wednesday, they will play Liverpool at home, and. This time, there is no sort of lucky result that could keep PSG in it. They got to win, lose and they're pretty much out, draw and they're maybe still in it depending on the Napoli result and what happens the next week, win and they're most likely in. So, <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately, we're kind of right back where we were to start today. We really didn't learn a lot. It was just sort of a weird kind of day where nothing really got accomplished except for, once again, PSG lived to fight another day. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. uh, PSG Talking. Uh, You can follow PSG Talk at PSG Talk on Twitter. I am at MarkDamon1 on Twitter. Um, Make sure to visit our Patreon page. We're going to start up Pretty soon, probably during the international break, the prep for the History of PSG podcast, which I'm hoping will come out during the winter break. We'll see how that goes. Um, keep on the lookout for another PSG Talking, um, which should review a bunch of the games that we've just uh, experienced, including this one. And... Um, for our Australian listeners, thank you for listening to us on Football Nation Radio. Um, I just got to find the, let's see if I can find the plug here, just so I get the word in the verbiage right. It was, uh, I, I may or may not have been scolded about this at some point, so let's, uh, let's see. Here we go. You can also listen to PSG Talk on Football Nation Radio at www.footballnationradio.com. FNR covers all aspects of football from all over the world, so tune in on their website and follow them on Twitter and Facebook. They are scre- streaming football 24-7 and love their football just as much as you do. So there we go, folks. Football Nation Radio, if you're in Australia, thank you for listening. Um, trying to think if I missed anything. Um, besides Draxler playing well and Rabio now um working himself into a shoot here not you know now he doesn't really have a starting position particularly we'll see how it goes over the next few weeks but i think i've covered everything so uh for psg talk this has been mark damon saying au revoir for now